Wikipedia defines food as any substance consumed to provide nutritional support for an organism. On Deplorable, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups, the podcast hosts who investigate crime and the listeners who prosecute the offenders. These are their stories. Hello and welcome to Deplorable, a podcast where a couple of friends dredge the internet for the deepest lore. I'm Michael Bastine. And I'm Billy Staples. And today's episode title subject slash topic is food crimes. Billy, what is a food crime? Because it's not what people might think. There can be two definitions of food crime. One is what people would expect. The other one, not so much. First one being a crime involving food. Yes, something actually illegal. The second definition is two combinations of food that are forbidden and are taboo. Oh, man, two is a limit, Billy. I broke that limiter during my <laughs> research and have gone Super Saiyan food crime, too. I say I say two. I have one that's not that's just one, mm-hmm. which. Mm. Oh, I feel like a disclaimer should be made. We are going to discuss some challenging food combinations. Like, food is entirely up to taste. As long as it's not poison, food is entirely up to taste. And even then, like, you know, some people are allergic to peanuts, so peanut butter would be poison to them and not to other people. Yeah. So, if we name something on here that you, dear listeners, are a fan of... Please don't be offended and laugh along with us as we poke fun at all of the various combinations that some people would define as food crimes. If any of our listeners are guilty of doing one of these food crimes that I'm going to say, I need to sit down and have a talk with them well, because this okay. hits personally home. Okay, hang on now because <laughs> I'm, I'm a food criminal if considering the list. Do you want to know what the what the one is? Oh, is it one specific one that you're thinking of? Yes. Okay. You'll understand Come. why I don't like this. All right. Give it. Let me see. Let me hear. Ranch dressing in a Keurig machine. Oh no. That's. That is a food crime. Oh, um, so it's like those little, I think I've, I think I know what you're talking about. It's like little, those little packets, those little cups you get from yeah. Jimmy, no, not Jimmy John's, Papa John's, there's too many Johns, and then you put it in a Keurig machine, and then you and put it in a Keurig terrible machine, terrible comes out. I feel like that's bad for your Keurig machine as well. I saw that and I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. That is definitely a food crime. My, my personal definition of food crimes for this episode, for the research I, I I drew the line at it had to be something that was either sold or intentionally enjoyed, like unironically done. Okay. I feel like we can start off pretty tame with French fries with ice cream slash like dunked in a frosty. If anybody's been to Wendy's, they've got those little soft serve like milkshake sort of drinks. Milkshakes are another option here. Where people dip their french fries in uh, various cold cream-based desserts. And I know there are some people who consider this a food crime. 
Yeah, I'm. But Billy, I think you are one culprit of this crime. Uh, no, I've never actually dipped. I've never dipped no, fries no, in lie. ice cream. I'm not lying. I don't. I don't eat ice cream very often. Fair enough. Uh, personally, I've never. I don't. I don't know if I've tried this. I may have. But as a combination, it's not terrible. Like, you know, you've got your salty, you've got your sweet, and potatoes are fairly starchy in nature in general. So, you know, a little bit of vanilla mixed into this, you're talking, you're starting to talk into, like, you know, pie territory. People put ice cream on pie all the time. And, and, you know, to kind of dip into another very tame one, pineapple on pizza. I I say pineapple on pizza is tame mostly because there is apparently a large amount of controversy out about this now. I'm someone who's grown up with Hawaiian quote-unquote pizzas, which are traditionally, think, your typical American pizza with your your tomato sauce, your cheese, and then you do ham and or bacon, sometimes some combination thereof, uh, and pineapple on top of this pizza. That's what we, we in the States tend to refer to as a Hawaiian pizza, which I enjoy this. Billy, thoughts? I've never had pineapple on pizza. I'm a, when it comes to pizza, I'm very plain. I just like pepperoni, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. bacon and maybe ham. Mm-hmm. But I I wouldn't consider pineapple on pizza a food crime. I you know I'm I'm a fair bit more adventurous than you. I tend to really enjoy the the Hawaiian pizzas and the barbecue chicken pizzas. Billy, have you ever have you ever applied ranch dressing to your pizza? No, I haven't. No. This is something that is very common, uh, at least from what I've seen in the wherever. Where is Michigan relative to the United States? Upper North. the Northeastern Where, Michigan? Yeah, Northeastern. It's fairly common up here. I don't know how common things are everywhere. I, I did a little bit of digging to try and figure out like where. I tried to identify where some of these food crimes came from. I didn't do a very good job with this, but I... Mostly because it's really hard to nail these kinds of things down. We're going to try and slowly ease you listeners into some of the worst crimes that we've found, or at least I'm going to. So just to take us a step further down on the list, there are a large number of people who like ketchup on their pizza. I... In my re- in my research, I did come across ketchup ketchup as a pasta sauce. Oh no, uh, no, actually, no. Oh yeah. No. Mm. Oh no. Oh no. I oh, this one putting ketchup on your pizza. This one I found seems to be more common amongst Polish people. I I can't really. I mean, any of our Polish listeners, not obviously. Probably not listeners from Poland. We don't really have too many international listeners right now. We don't have very many listeners in general. But any any of our listeners with a Polish background maybe could try and confirm or deny. But it seemed like that was more common amongst Polish people or Polish Americans is a, is you putting ketchup on their pizza. I, I, I don't... This is not super great as far as pizza toppings go to me at least, I don't think I would enjoy this very much. So, do they just like... Do they put it like on top of all the toppings, or is it just a replacement sauce? 
Oh, not, okay. No, 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 not in place of sauce. Heavens no. They're not insane. They're just criminals. <laughs> they're not insane. They're just criminals. No, it's it's like you have your pizza and you put ketchup atop it once it has been delivered to your doorstep. Mm. Now, Billy, how many steps away do you feel like we could take from the traditionally accepted form of pizza before it is no longer pizza? Uh, like, is a fruit pizza a pizza? I would say as long as it has... Something akin to the main ingredients of the pizza. So dough, a, some sort of sauce, <clears throat> and then a topping or two. And it's still technically a pizza. Okay, so so imagine a large pizza-sized sugar cookie with like a cream cheese icing and slices of fruit placed atop that. You would consider that to still be a pizza. That'd be a really weird pizza, but yeah, I'd, I'd it's still It's like a dessert. A it's a, yeah. It is a dessert pizza. Okay. That's not the food crime. I just wanted to see exactly where our boundaries lie before laying out uh, eggs on pizza. <laughs> now, my... <laughs> <laughs> Gotta think about that one, huh? My brother's ex-wife made breakfast pizza, which was eggs, bacon, you mm-hmm. know. But pizza... Just like a pep- piece of pe- pepperoni pizza with an egg on it. That sounds like yes. a crime to me. Imagine imagine for a moment you are a pizza chef and you are putting together a perfectly serviceable pepperoni and cheese pizza. Um, and at the last minute, a customer comes to you in a daze and says, eggs, we have to have eggs. And you're like, what do you, there's eggs in the dough? I did put eggs in the dough. That is how you make... No, you don't understand. We need eggs on the We need pizza. eggs. And so you crack eggs onto the top of this pizza before putting it in the oven so that as it cooks, you get sunny-side-up eggs cooked into the pizza as toppings. Now, I would try this. I'm not going to lie. I would willingly attempt this. And yeah. actually, we have some like soft pita bread upstairs along with some pizza sauce, some mozzarella cheese and eggs. And I cannot begin to tell you how tempted I was before we started this episode today to turn on the broiler on our oven and make myself some egg pizza. I haven't done this. It's going to be sitting in my head until the, the pita bread is gone or I make this pizza. When, when researching, I, I was researching this at like 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. The amount of times that I had to stop recording because I got hungry while, re- while researching <laughs> it's this. A, it's an honest curse of doing this episode. We've encountered a lot of problems while researching over our couple episodes of Deplorable. And this was a new one. This was a new problem episode. Bringing us, bringing us back, though, to more of a tame... More of a tame ground. Oh, good. Yeah, I'll push people off the edge after this. Apparently, there are people that when they have the bag, when they have a bagel, they scoop the inside of it out to make mm-hmm. it a donut-shaped bowl. Mm-hmm. This seems like a lot of work. What do they put in this bowl? Well, they they fill it with cream cheese stuff you would put on. Okay, a bagel. so these are the people who want an excuse to just eat a tub of cream cheese. I guess, yeah. 
that that's what I'm hearing because you can get a solid amount of cream cheese on a standard bagel. You don't need to scoop out its insides like Hannibal Lecter and <laughs> just consume half a tub of cream cheese. Funny you funny you mentioned Hannibal Lecter because that's exactly what the person said on the blog post I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness me. There's a Twitter page called Pizza Crimes, by the way, and I do encourage anybody who is a little bored on the internet to go visit it, because it's not what you'd expect, and it is funny. It's only one joke, but, you know, it's a good 70 pictures of that one joke. And I'll leave our our listeners to go and figure out what that is. It's called Pizza Crimes, is the Twitter page. So one one source I found. Well, I'm talking a lot. Billy here, how about you? How about you pull some stuff that you've got? So I I think this is the polar opposite of the bagel thing. I have one more uh food crime and then one actual food crime. Mm-hmm. Boiling, you know how when you boil pasta, you usually do it in water, right? Yeah. Apparently there are people that boil it in Powerade? No! I thought you were going to say something rational like milk or cream, which you could theoretically do just to kind of make a good cream sauce or something. Like, there are, when, when you freshly make noodles, like when you have fresh made noodles, uh, they only take like barely a minute to cook in boiling pasta yeah. water. So, you know, you boil down a, like a cream or a milk or some kind of thing to basically make a stock to start doing like, you know, more fancy stuff with pasta. So I was expecting something like that. I was going to, you know, we were going to have a talk about, I mean, yeah, that's pretty weird, but at the same time, it works. But no, you did go and then say Powerade. Why? For what I reason? Did I, Do they do this unironically or was it for the vine? I don't know. I just, I saw a picture of someone boiling water, boiling, sorry, boiling Powerade with pasta in it. And then the pasta that came out of that, out of that, was the same color as the Powerade. We've abused food. What did we? What did food do to deserve that? That's almost as bad as the company that decided, yeah, we're going to make mustard-flavored soda, which is a real soda beverage that you can purchase and consume. You can put this in your body. And it's... It's... Well, I haven't tried it, so I'm not going to say it's nasty, but... I have reliable sources, including many people on YouTube <laughs> drinking this stuff that say in slightly more colorful ways, oh no, what has science done? I have one more pasta-related food crime, but this one okay. isn't really a... This isn't like a, they did this for the meme, they did this because it's good. Mm -hmm. They did this because it was all they had. Okay. A a guy went to make mac and cheese but didn't have the only milk he had was the the mint green milk. What? I don't know if I have the picture anymore. Please do find this cuz I'm concerned. Here it is. It's a true true moo mint vanilla milk. And he went to make mac and cheese but didn't have any normal milk. So he had to make do with what he had which resulted in something straight out of Dr. Seuss. Oh, I do not like them, Sam I am. I do not like green macaroni and cheese. 
I'm gonna put this in the Namaka not safe for life. <laughs> fair enough. Oh, fair enough. Put it in the not safe for life chat along alongside all of our other most cursed pictures. Oh no. You could have just not had macaroni and cheese, my guy. There are alternatives. You can make milkless macaroni and cheese. I saw that and I'm like, bro, I. <laughs> oh, no. Just make noodles and put cheese in them at that point. It's better than that. Oh, that reminds me of spaghetti carbonara, too. Oh, spaghetti carbonara, too. Honestly, the main reason why I'm bringing it up is just because it's the name is hilarious to me. There's this wonderful website called allrecipes.com and it's it's a it's a it's just a big old like Pinterest style recipe board where you can make an account and submit recipes which is all well and good but there seems to be some basic I suspect at least some basic name filtering system so that no two people can have the same recipe name Thus, the creation of Spaghetti Carbonara 2, a recipe which calls for one pound of spaghetti, which... Now, this makes eight servings, or at least it claims to. And, you know, I don't know how much spaghetti is one pound of spaghetti, but it seems like a terribly large amount. Yeah. Beyond that, it actually does seem to be a fairly decent Americanized Spaghetti Carbonara recipe. So, you know, it's not as fun there. Should I talk about something a little bit more lighthearted now? Well, Lighthearted? You mean like the carbonated milk? Light- oh. Which is popular in uh, Asia. And I think recently made its journey over here to the States. Oh, that reminds me of the other day we had me and me and my other group had a discussion about uh, bagged milk. Bagged milk. Now, bagged milk is, I think, the quintessential food crime in the sense that everybody that does not live in Canada uh, or another place that sells milk in bags sees bagged milk and is confused and slightly <laughs> alarmed. Confused and immediately alerted. And it's just, it's like, it's it's fine. There's no reason not to. It just seems, to people who are unused to the concept, it just seems wrong. Uh, Latte Milkies, by the way, is the brand name for the carbonated milk drink. Okay. That. Hmm. (laughs) I know, right? Hmm. Refreshing milk and yogurt flavor. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's like the egg cream. Uh. Billy, do you know what the egg cream is? No. The egg cream, it is a, it is like, it is a classic. I don't remember exactly when it was created. One person suggests possibly in the 1880s, but it was, it's an old, it is an old beverage you would get from soda fountains, like diners and other similar sort of establishments. It is a cold, served cold beverage that consists of milk, flavored syrup, usually like a chocolate or a vanilla, and carbonated water. It contains neither eggs nor cream, unless you count the milk. A lot of people enjoyed this. I I feel like it would kind of just taste like watered-down chocolate milk. 
yeah. watered down, slightly carbonated chocolate milk. Like that's basically what it is. But in that same vein, Billy, I found that the best place really to search for food crimes was in the uh, annals of history, as there were many people during various periods of time who either, I guess, just didn't know what to do with food or were in a pickle, metaphorically speaking, and didn't have a lot of things, a lot of variety in their food with which to do things. Uh, namely, one of the most prominent time times for this kind of stuff was the Great Depression, where they had, like, you know, nothing. Yeah. And flour and stuff was being rationed heavily. So they didn't have a lot of what they could do, what they had. Like, they had to work with what they had. So you get things like the dandelion salad. Because dandelions are edible. I don't know if you knew this. I sort of knew. They are not poisonous. They're actually somewhat nutritious. They're, you know, you can eat them. So, you know, in the United States, where there are in some places a plethora of dandelions just in your backyard, some people took to just harvesting them for salads. I have one particular uh, recipe that involves dandelion greens, dandelion blossoms, which are optional, two hard-boiled large eggs, some grapefruit, onions, and lemon juice and canola oil. And it makes just a nice little salad if you can get around the eggs and grapefruit. Another interesting one was the uh, grape pie. Oh? Uh-huh. Not explicitly a food crime, if only because it doesn't seem like it would be, like, it's fruit. I I enjoy a blueberry pie. I guess for people who like pie, it's just nobody's... I don't hear anybody making things with grapes. Like, we have grape jelly and grapes and raisins. And that's about it. I don't... Once you get to raisins, I don't count things past that, honestly. If you make, if you make some raisin cookies, they're not grape-flavored. No. It's raisins at that point. But this person, no, these people made a pie using grapes, seedless red grapes, uh, sugar, cinnamon, cornstarch, lemon zest, uh, lemon juice, all that kind of good stuff to, you know, actually make a pie. I feel like I'd I'd try a grape pie. I'd try a grape pie. That's the other thing that we're we're challenging ourselves with today is, what would you try? Uh, Billy, I'm going to post a food crime picture in the general chat. And you're going right. to tell me if we're going to leave this one for a little bit or talk about it now. But I have to curse you with it. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. I thought as much. That's, that's something. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it. <laughs> All right, fine. Then uh, here, let me let me get you something else, maybe to chew on. Uh, let's see. Do you want to hear about what happened to the Auburn Police Department? Yes, please. I I think it, if if I recall, I don't have a date written down, but I'm pretty sure there's somewhere sometime this uh, la- early last year. Oh, this was very recent. The Auburn Police Department in Washington announced they arrested a man who had stole a nearly $365 wheel of Beecher's cheese. Wow. From a grocery store. 
cheese gets that expensive at the grocery store? Like, I, I knew cheese, cheese is, like many delicacies, It's cheese is like wine. You can have some real expensive cheese. I did not expect that to be sold at a grocery store. What did he do with this cheese? Did they get it back? I don't have as to, like, the specifics of what he did with it. I do have the bizarre twist, though. All right. According to the new tribute, authorities believed that the man had been hiding out in the rafters of the market for a while. With the cheese or like is this post or pre-cheese? Pre-cheese. Like he would he would get so down off the rafters. So this man staked out this $300 cheese in the rafters. He would he would climb down out of the rafters, steal some stuff, climb back up to the rafters. Who is this what? I when I was reading that I'm like, okay, $365 wheel of cheese. That's par for the course when it comes to cheese prices. I'm not surprised that a man would steal it. And then I read the rafter thing and I had to do a double take and reread the entire story again. I I don't have the words. Cuz you're right, that is a complete game changer. This is Because, you know, $350 cheese, okay, fine, someone stole that kind of wheel of cheese. Hiding in the rafters, question marks, for multiple, like, it sounds like multiple days. I'm pretty sure it was an entire week he was up there. Uh, He would just climb down, grab some food, climb back up. To what end? Are you just living there? Squatters' rights? They weren't using the rafters, so I will? I don't know. Oh my goodness. That is your cat. That's going to be fun to edit. I thought your mother was calling you. No, that's my cat. Uh, here, Billy. Follow this link. Oh no. Take my hand. Oh no. Oh, you don't need to follow the link. You can see it. It's fine. Oh no. So, I picked this one because it was the most palatable option that I saw. Uh, apparently, a popular southern dish is a spin on the classic peanut butter and jelly sandwich in that it is a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich. Mm. This is, I'm told by the internet, something that is widely enjoyed in the southern states. I just I just gotta ask, people from the south, are you okay? <laughs> Do you need help? Make, like... A new, a new form of this sandwich if you need help. Oh no, that's cursed. It's, yeah, that's what this episode's all about, my guy. It is food crimes. Oh, but I love retro recipes. They are all hilarious to me. Did you, did you, uh, did you hear about the banana roll salad? No. So the banana roll salad is a retro recipe. I don't know exactly from when. I don't or rather I don't remember. If you for our listeners, I I recommend it's a fun little series, the Brutal Foods series from uh Brutal Moose's YouTube channel. Uh he does he he gets his hands sometimes on these old cookbooks and makes recipes from inside. This was a recipe that was definitely something. It's so it's salad, right? It's lettuce, and then you you get yourself a banana, and you cut that banana in half. Um, you do apply mayonnaise to this banana, uh, and then you cover it in crushed walnuts, 
and then you serve you also serve it with grapefruit slices on this salad and that's the whole salad hmm it's just bananas mayonnaise walnuts and grapefruit and lettuce hmm. and boy boy is it a crime yeah i'm i'm going to have to go with a solid no on that one chief uh-huh which pivots directly into ham and bananas hollandaise oh no here let me uh let me see if this will pull up a picture for you Oh, no. So this recipe is a slightly modified version. Uh, This one came from 1947, where someone decided, we're going to put mustard on thinly sliced ham, wrap it around a banana, cover it in a melted cheese sauce, and then bake it. No. Bananas, banana, (laughs) ham and bananas hollandaise is very similar, uh, but it uses a hollandaise sauce as opposed to a cheese sauce. No. It's the one, the only saving grace to this recipe is that you are supposed to use underripe bananas, which I am told cook a little differently than your standard banana and don't get as sweet. They stay a little more like like cooked potatoes. And that is the only saving grace to this recipe because otherwise it's just bananas wrapped in ham. <laughs> Covered in cheese. Like you might as well be using cheese whiz at this point. Oh. Oh no. Oh. And then there's the thing that there's the sandwich. There's the food crime so terrible it killed Elvis. Wait, what? The food crime so terrible it killed Elvis. So we all know about Elvis's love for peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Let me rephrase. I'm informing you that. Elvis had a love of peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Oh, yeah. And I've enjoyed a peanut butter and banana sandwich in my time. I think they're pretty good. They're kind of swell. I was not aware that that is not the full story. Because Elvis had a particular recipe that he liked. Specifically, imagine, if you will, a grilled cheese. Okay. Now remove the cheese. All right, I've got two pieces of bread now. Now add peanut butter. Okay. And banana. Okay. And bacon. Wait. And cook as normal. (laughs) Hold on. One of these things is not like the other, huh? (laughs) Apparently, it is still a widely enjoyed uh, combination is bacon and peanut butter or bacon, banana, and peanut butter. You know, there's an extent to to which I can see it because there's like, you do... Depending, there's a lot of like Asian cuisine that will use like a peanut sauce uh, as part of like the flavoring of their meats, and it's pretty good. But I'm just imagining this sandwich, and the only thing I can think of is it's a food crime. Because <laughs> not only do you have a peanut butter and banana sandwich, but you are frying it in butter, and you're putting bacon on it. Yeah. It is the cholesterol content of that, by the way, that Elvis had a heart attack. My God. He, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, he uh, he died died of a heart attack in uh, 77, 1977. 1935 was when he was born. January 8th, which is interesting. I was born on the 6th. Anyway, so yeah, so that's that. Got anything more, Billy? Because I got a one-two knockout punch. I don't have anything else. Are we going to talk about the... The oh, picture. No, no, no. You throw a left jab before you throw a haymaker. Flaming hot <laughs> Cheetos in milk like cereal. Oh, no. 
that's something that is enjoyed by people. And I ain't going to defend that one. There are arguments I could make. I choose not to. That's not okay. <laughs> to to throw the haymaker then, the worst food crime I have found today is SpaghettiO Jello. Uh... See, Billy, once upon a time, gelatin was not used primarily for the dessert we know today as sort of the fruit-flavored sweet gelatinous mass. It was used to give a more solid form and to preserve other things, most notably meats. But there is a recipe which involves creating SpaghettiO Jello, in which you make SpaghettiOs, but you mix gelatin, flavorless gelatin, into it. And serve it with Vienna sausage. Uh... And if it doesn't sound unappetizing enough, we will be posting a picture on the Twitter page. I, I encourage you to view it, but at your own peril. It is unfortunate, to say the least. In summary, why? <laughs> I, why? <laughs> when you initially sent the picture, I thought that was just frozen. No, it's worse. Then, yeah, yeah, it is worse. It's worse than frozen spaghettios. That's cursed. <laughs> uh huh. I'd say that's cur- that's more cursed than anything else so far. <laughs> the deepest lore. <laughs> Oh, oh! I knew this episode was going to be a good one. I just, oh my goodness, gravy me. Oh, we have a lot of food based expressions, by the way, I've, I've recently noticed. Yeah. Well, oh, do we even like there's not really a deep lore here. It's just, be in pain with us, listeners, dear audience. Be in pain, too. Uh, <laughs> we had to look at this. We didn't have to. We could have chosen a different topic. So, we, I mean, we have a Twitter page. We've got that email. So our Twitter page is at Deplorable. Our Gmail is deplorablecontact at gmail.com. Tell us about your food crime stories, please. I, I do want to know... Send us pictures of the food crimes that you've seen or or tell us about food crimes that were listed here today or that, you know, you've knowingly committed that you enjoy. We say food crimes, but it's not that. Well, it is bad. But like I said at the beginning, this is all a matter of literal taste. If you enjoy these things, more power to you. Just maybe enjoy them in the comfort of your own home. <laughs> Yes. Oh, goodness. Thank you, one and all, for listening. I'm Michael Bastine. I'm Billy Staples. And you will hear from us next time. Bye. Bye.